Good morning. Welcome home. We're glad you're here this morning. We are in a series called Miracles, and today is day 21 of our Pray 21. We're excited to celebrate tonight what God is doing and what He's done in the lives of people. I want to make a quick mention that beginning this Wednesday, our Miracle Series is going to continue, and so we want to continue with prayer. And so um, while uh, the morning prayer time is going to come to a close, we are going to meet uh, every Wednesday up in the Hispanic Room, Room 259. Say that with me, Room 259. Uh, from 6 to 8 for come and go prayer. So you can come in and, and pray for a minute or two or you can stay for two hours and pray. But we're going to use these cards as well as more cards that people send in and just continue to pray God's presence um, into our church and into these uh, into these stack of cards. Amen. Uh, let's see. It was probably about oh, 15 years ago. I just started in full-time ministry I'd been at uh, in St. Louis at Ferguson, Missouri Church there, the Nazarene Church there in Ferguson, for about two days. And the the pastor, the lead pastor at that time, he said, hey, I've got to go to Indianapolis for a conference. I want you to stay and you're in charge. And I'm like, okay. And so uh, about the second day, I get a phone call uh, that a student named um, Abraham had put a gun to his head and pulled the trigger, but he wasn't, he didn't pass away, that he was at the hospital, and so just being a rookie at this and just feeling totally overwhelmed, I began to pray and ask God to, you know, to help, and so I drove to the hospital, and when I get there, you know, mom and dad and and Rachel, his sister, is there, and they are just, they're hysterical, as you can imagine, and I remember thinking, God, how in the world, in the middle of this storm, in the middle of this trial, can I say anything that's going to bring any kind of comfort? And I don't think I did. I think I just was there and, my, and, and just represented God's presence and just, just was there. And I remember going in and talking to Abraham and Abraham's, you know, sedated and for whatever reason, God did a miracle and it just missed everything and he ended up being just fine, but we didn't know it that day. And he's got this gunpowder on his chin and and I looked at him and he was coherent and I said, Abraham, and he, I, he said, yeah. And I said, you don't know who I am. I just started at the church. I said, you're in a little bit of a mess here, aren't you? And he kind of shook his head and I said, but for whatever reason, God has spared you, and he has a plan for your life. And I don't know the storm that's going on inside of you that caused you to do this, and the storm that your, your parents and your family are going through right now. But I know that God can get you through this. And that's what we're talking about today is that we have these storms that, that come up in our lives, and a lot of times they're not as severe as that story that I'm telling, and other times they are. And yet as we seek God and we put our trust in Him, He gives us the calm on the inside while the storm is raging outside. We saw God do some miracles in that family as a result of this tragedy. And I don't know what types of storms you've been through or are going through. 
But God wants to bring you peace in the midst of your storm. We see in our scripture today in Matthew, Mark, and John, three different accounts of how God worked out in a storm and began to move. Matthew 14, Mark 6, and John 6, we're going to be jumping around. But what we see in this this story is that Jesus has just fed the 5,000. And they, which by the way, Garrett did an awesome job last week preaching about that, didn't he? Let's give God a hand for that. And at the end of that story, Jesus is broke the bread and fed the 5,000 and they're just in awe of who he is and what he can do and they want to anoint him king and Jesus has doesn't want anything to do with that. He just wants to get away and give God the credit for what had taken place. And so he tells his disciples, hey, get in the boat and go across the lake and I'm going to go up in the mountains and pray after I dismiss these people. And so the disciples, they really don't want to go across without him and they wait around for a while and eventually they decide to get in the boat and go across because Jesus isn't showing up. It's getting dark. And so they make their way, you know, just like normal and And all of a sudden, Scripture says that suddenly this violent storm comes up, much like when I got that phone call and and the mom got the phone call and you get phone calls. Something happens all of a sudden that you weren't counting on. It was not planned. And they begin to get filled with fear and doubt and anxiety and worry. Because it doesn't seem like Jesus is there in the midst of this storm. And at the same time that this, these disciples are out on the boat dealing with this storm, Jesus is far away on a hill praying. We see this Sea of Galilee here. You see the, the hills are 2,000 feet above sea level. The, the lake itself, the sea itself, is 650 feet below sea level. And the depth of the water on the Sea of Galilee is only 150 feet deep. And so as a result, there were storms all the time because it created this, this vacuum of wind and it would create storms. And these fishermen knew that there was lots of storms, but for whatever reason, this one was different. It was, it was bigger than normal. It was about like a storm that I shared with you at the beginning of the message. It was just huge. We have those, don't we? Ones that we didn't plan on. And they're out there fighting this storm, feeling like maybe God isn't there, similar to how sometimes we feel like he doesn't see us. And Mark writes that Jesus, while he was away, he sees that they're in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and waves. Let's read that together. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling While the disciples could only see the waves and the storm and hear the wind and be overwhelmed by their circumstances the way that many of us are when trials take place. What they didn't realize and oftentimes is what we don't realize is that even when we can't see Jesus, He sees us. Even when you can't see Jesus in the storm or the trial that you're facing. 
He sees you. Abraham, this kid, while he couldn't see Jesus, he couldn't see God in his situation, which what led him to that decision. Jesus saw him. We need to take comfort in knowing that we aren't alone, even when we feel alone. Let's say that together. Take comfort in knowing you aren't alone. The disciples, when Jesus begins to walk out on the water, which is crazy to think that that could take place, but it did. When Jesus starts to approach where the disciples are, because they're filled with fear and doubt instead of faith, they don't recognize Jesus. In fact, they cry out, it's a ghost. The presence of God is coming into their situation. And they don't even recognize Him. Their fear and their doubt draw the wrong conclusion. Has that ever happened to you? Your fear and your doubt and your anxiety and your worry can lead you to draw the wrong conclusion. It was believed in Jewish culture that the dead would revisit you. That's not a biblical thing, but we see that in this story here where they believed that their dead relatives could come and visit them. And so scholars suggest that maybe they thought that that's what was taking place and they holler out, it's a ghost. I think we can learn from that today that what you believe impacts what you see. What you believe impacts what you see. Say it with me. What you believe impacts. What they believed in was the storm. What they believed in was fear. What they had faith in is that we're going to sink. So when Jesus actually started to come out to them, what they saw was a ghost. Instead of Jesus. Have you ever had a moment that you're not proud of? I had one the other day. Not really so much towards another person, but just with God. I was at Thomas and Pastor Thomas and Age and myself and Garrett. We went out for breakfast and Adam at at, uh, at a restaurant here in town. And I ordered a bowl of oatmeal. Um, I don't normally order a bowl of oatmeal, but I did that day. We're on the Spray 21. And so... At the end, I got my bill, and I went to the counter, and I paid my bill, and it was like for, I think, like $4 and some odd cents. And I went home, and that night I was reconciling my bank statement online, and I noticed that instead of charging me like $4.80, they charged me $48.81, so they overcharged me $44. So I told my wife, I said, they overcharged me. She said, well, why didn't you look at your receipt? I said, why don't you? No, I didn't say that. (laughs) So I said, well, I'll go the next day and I'll get it taken care of. And then I forgot. So she came home and said, so did you get that 
taken care of. And I said, I'm sorry, what? I said, no, I forgot. So now it's Friday, and I can't find my receipt. So I go in to the restaurant, and I say, I just feel, you know, goofy. I said, hey, I was in here the other day. I ordered a bowl of oatmeal for $4 and some, but you charged me $48. And so I need you to reimburse me. Do you have a receipt? I'm sorry, what? I said, no, but I screenshotted my account and, you know, so on and so forth. And they said, okay, we'll do it. Well, here's the problem. I don't know how to do it. We don't know how to reimburse you. I said, well, could you ask somebody else? And they ask another lady, and she's like, no, I don't know how. He said, here's what we'll do. Why don't you call the owner of the restaurant? She's at home asleep. And uh, call her here in a little bit. I said, well, why don't you call her and tell her what's going on? And no, I want you to, you call and this is just bizarre. So I'm frustrated and upset, and I call this person, and I get him on the phone, and I said, hey, this is Kyle, and you, know, you overcharged me, and da 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 And I wasn't mad, but I was just being factual. Because what I believed was they overcharged me, and what I wanted to see was them to put the money back in my account. This woman started crying on the phone as I'm trying to explain to her how they screwed up. She said, I'm sorry, we'll get your money back. She said, but my daughter has just got diagnosed with cancer just yesterday or the day before. And I'm a mess and she's a mess. And it was in that moment that the Lord said, I was the one that screwed up your bill. Not autos or not Harry's or not whatever place I was at. And I began to pray with her. And I began to share with her. She called me back later that day. I missed it. Because I was believing what I could see. Not trusting that God could have another plan. I think sometimes we have to stop waiting to see before we believe and start believing so that we can see. Many times in our lives, we miss what God wants to do because we refuse to see anything else but what's right in front of us. Jesus, as he's approaching this boat, he calls out to them, even though they miss it too. They miss it and they see a ghost instead of Jesus. I see $44 instead of seeing a lady who needs prayer. And in the, despite the fact that they miss it, Jesus calls out to them and says, don't be afraid. I am here. Say that with me. Don't be afraid. Some of us need to hear that today. Because all you're focused on is the storm. But all you need is the presence of God. Did you know 
That whatever you're going through and whatever you're dealing with, that person you're praying for that has an addiction, the person that you're praying for that needs an answer to prayer, is God's presence. Don't be afraid. I am here. We also see in this story that Jesus is talking to them, saying, don't be afraid, I am here. And what I wonder sometimes is when Jesus says that to us, don't be afraid, I am here, we're turning the volume up on the storm rather than Jesus' voice, and we don't always hear that he's here with us because we're listening to the storm. See, we've got to drown out the noise and listen to his voice. Are you listening to the storm in your life? Or are you listening for his voice? Are you listening to him tell you, do not be afraid, I am here? Or are you focused on everything else that's going on around you? Turn up the volume on his voice and turn the volume down on the storm. Let's say that together. Turn up the volume How are we doing at that? It's being in his presence. It's spending time praying. It's spending time allowing God to to change us and shape us that enables us that enables us to consistently turn up his voice. Peter in one of the accounts, I believe it was Matthew's account, as they they approach and they realize that it's the Lord that's coming, Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. You see, when your faith is greater than your fear, you do crazy things. When your faith is greater than your fear, you you do crazy things. See, miracles don't happen in the boat. So we got to get out of the boat. Let's read that. Miracles don't happen in the boat. So get out of it. Peter was able to get out of this boat and walk around and, and experience God's presence. And he gets his eyes off of Jesus and he begins to sink and he turns his eyes back to Jesus. And God saves him and restores him. But to get out of the boat, we've got to have faith. We can't have fear. And I believe that God's calling us as a church and I believe that God's calling all of us to begin to get out of the boat in our jobs and in our community and in our families and begin to do some things that we don't necessarily always do. But there's certain things that happen in our lives only when we get out of the boat. Did you catch that? There are certain things that's only going to happen in your marriage. That's only going to happen in your prayer time and in your life with God. That's only going to happen when you're trying to share Christ with someone else. If you're, if you're allowing God to get you out of the boat, 
out of your comfort zone. We see after Peter has this encounter with Jesus, he gets back into the boat, and and as they climb into the boat, the winds stop, and they're totally amazed. And one version says that they worship him. All you need to calm a storm is the presence of Jesus. All you need to calm the storm is the presence of Jesus. We have to stop focusing on the power of the storm and start focusing on the power of his presence. The other day I was watching Blue Bloods. Have you guys seen that show? My wife doesn't like that show. She's crazy. It's a good show. I didn't realize it, but Luke had kind of been watching from the back. Yeah, you didn't know that. Now you know it. So he said, Dad, i got to go to the bathroom. I said, well, you just go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom and go to the bathroom. He goes, Dad, I'm cared. I thought, uh uh-oh, he was watching. He says, would you go with me? Yeah, I'll go with you. Even when we're full of fear, even when we're in the middle of a storm, makes all the difference in the world when he goes with us. Some of us are waiting for the waters to be calm, for us to be calm. That's not the God that we serve. The God that we serve says, you can be calm in the middle of raging seas. You can be calm, not because the water's calm, but because my presence inside of you is what gives you calm. We can stay calm inside while it's storming outside when his presence is present we can stay calm inside while the storm is taking place outside when his presence is present stand together this morning. I guess my question for you today is just simply this. Are you focused on the wind and the waves and the power of the trials and the storms that are going on? Just inside this room here this morning, There's all kinds of worries and struggles and fears and doubts and even some intense situations similar to what I shared earlier. And that can sink us. But I believe, I don't know, maybe it's not for this service, but I believe that somebody here today, you are here 
today for God to say to you and Jesus to give you the strength to believe and to live out that you can have God's peace. As we go into prayer time and we worship here at the end, how does God need to work in your life? What is it that you need to tell God? How, what would it look like for you just to say to God, Lord, I am going to choose to focus on you and not the storm. Lord Jesus, we believe in you today. Father, you are the God of miracles. Father, the, the greatest miracle, Father, is just your presence in our lives Father, we can practice that presence and have that presence because of what you did for us by dying and and raising to life. Father, as we give you our lives and we give you our circumstances, Lord, you give us your presence and your power. As we have our heads bowed and our eyes closed today, I'm just going to ask you this morning, is there anybody in here that you're in the middle of a storm? And if you are, you'd like to just have God's presence and his power. You just simply pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I am focused on the storm. Just tell him what that storm is. God, I just repent of that right now, which means I just, just quit focusing on it. I quit making that first. Father, I'm going to make you first. God, I'm asking you to help me to just focus on you, to focus on your presence and your power. And I make a commitment today to put you first in my life. I give you this storm. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just slip your hand up real quick? Amen. Amen. God, you see all those hands. There's a lot of hands up. Father, today, just grant those requests today. Lord Jesus, we thank you for who you are. Father, I pray that we come expecting tonight for the gathering. Lord, I pray that your presence would be here in such a way that just be unbelievable. Pray that there be some people that get healed tonight as we pray healing. Pray, Lord, that you would answer these prayer requests tonight. Father, thank you that you are a God of miracles. We love you, and we give you praise for who you are. In Jesus' name, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have a great day.